What's up, guys? <laughs> hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Tammy and I'm Brian. We're back with another Dear Me episode. Once to again, please your ear holes. You know, like here we are. <laughs> so I, I did want to address one thing. I think in the last episode. I mentioned us talking about voting in the next episode, but we're not, as you can see. So, oh yeah, no, we're just, not. Just ignore um, whatever I said. Um, Some other. Well, you know what? We are not totally not talking about voting. Oh yeah, so we're I not. Will say that. Yeah, you're right. We're, we're not, not totally, totally not talking yeah, about. Vote. We're not totally <laughs> off here, you know. Um, but yeah, we're back, and it's been what a couple weeks. It hasn't been too long. No, nah, it's been a couple of weeks. Yeah. I so, think it's been a week and a half. Yeah, that's not too bad. No, nah, that's not too bad. So what's what's been going <laughs> down in the last week and a half? <laughs> um, you know what? I've just been living life, enjoying the US Open, watching <laughs> Serena Williams dominate. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just really loving rooting for all the black people that are in the like yes. semifinals. I'm like, yay, go black people. <laughs> um <laughs> I mean, there are some some uh, Europeans that I also have an affinity for. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, just tennis, man. My whole life has been tennis. Uh, you know, <sighs> I'm I'm up forty love. Oh, you know, my living my life. I'm at match point right now. You know, just you and sports. <laughs> like, where did you get that from? Because I know your mom um, doesn't watch sports like that, right? My dad. My dad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. My dad was a sports head and a sports video game head and a video game head. Just so I got all my video game love and my sports love from him. I see um, that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see but, that. But, uh, yeah, that tennis plus the NBA playoffs, my life has just been a breeze. <laughs> of course it has. <laughs> Rockets through to the second round. Oh my god! Lakers in game one. You know, I already know what you guys are gonna say. Yeah, it doesn't matter. it's game one. But listen, it pleases my heart. Uh, it pleases to not heart. be swept oh, in the second god. round. Oh my god! I am um, just not a sports girl at all. So I just—it's hard to keep up. Yeah, my husband is always tells me he feels like we're on the wrong side. Cause I'm like, bro, do you really like want to talk right now? Like, do we have to talk? Do we really have to talk <laughs> about our feelings right now? The game is on. Like, bro, dude, I'm trying to listen to this post game interview so I can see what they're trying to say. And you're just talking. Can you stop talking? <laughs> <laughs> you're so into this stuff. Well, I'm glad that sports has provided this release for you. I know it's been yeah. a while. They're yeah. just now bringing sports back. So. You know what? And that's such a good reliever of stress for me. And I yeah. enjoy screaming at the TV Ugh. and fist pumping and, you know, doing all the sports stuff. So, you know, that's been my whole life. I have no other contributions to the earth. I made a <laughs> vegan cake. Um, I didn't nice. eat it, but I gave it to somebody and they liked it. So oh. there you go. Well, that's nice. Um, <laughs> What's been going on in your life? Oh gosh, what's been going on? Um, I'm not gonna lie, I've been a little bit stressed at work. I've been a little, mm -hmm. a little bit stressed. Yeah. But, um, and it's funny that it happened to come after 
I got a raise. I was like, oh, y'all gonna make me earn this money. Yeah. Y'all gonna make me earn this. (laughs) (laughs) This is crazy. Um, but um, other than that, I think overall we've been pretty good. Um, me and my boyfriend, we've been doing a lot of like grown-up stuff. So we've been looking at like homes and we actually went to go look at uh wedding rings the other day oh. and then i know <laughs> i know i know and then we also went to um oh tomorrow we have a tour scheduled for a wedding venue so we're like, yeah we're so doing exciting. like grown up stuff like you know i was like oh my gosh like we're adults i really really like it yeah i'm excited so step by step you know but yeah that's pretty much been it i haven't really just i mean done much i mean you know not not much in the world has changed so right of course so it's not much to do yeah but grown-up stuff that's fun i know it's it's been a little fun especially shopping for rings you know yeah yeah i was like oh i want that sparkly one (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny um but yeah so you know living life day by day as usual you you love to see it love to see it you know especially for our people yes you know kind of brings us into this topic yeah oh gosh girl i just get tired just thinking about it sometimes yeah i really do (laughs) today we're going to be talking about the ever evolving subject of police brutality police violence against black people black lives Mm -hmm. matter movement and all Mm -hmm. the all things related to such yes yes it is oh it has been a cluster it has been a pandemic in itself to be honest honestly yeah i feel like we're going through two pandemics at the same Mm -hmm. time um i obviously you know as a black woman it has been incredibly disheartening i think it goes without saying um it's been tiring it's been exhausting it's been um frustrating aggravating all the emotions Mm -hmm. um you know and then you even take it a step further than that you know i mean i think about you know my friends and family and you know my boyfriend david and even with you like you know you you're married to a black man you have black kids you know like what does that you know what does that mean for you like how does that feel you know yeah i mean it's the same thing as you know, when your husband's gone for like, you know, too long at the store and you're like, oh God, he get pulled over. What happened? Right. Like, it's that immediate moment of panic. You know, it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. It's, it is. You know, like yeah. I have moments where I'm like, you know, I used to tell David, you know, back in the day when we first kind of started talking that I felt like he was too helpful, you know, yeah. willing to open the doors and you know, pick up stuff that people in front of them have dropped and all that. And Mm -hmm. it just, and it sucks that it has to be that way, but it was just, I just got so nervous because all it takes is the wrong person, Mm -hmm. the wrong non-black person, if I'm just being honest. To see you coming towards them. You know, oh my God, 
gosh, you know, I'm I'm fearing yeah. for my life. He's scared me. Yeah. He's sneaking up on me. He's stealing. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, and it's just terrifying. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, we've seen. I mean, and it almost makes you feel guilty for like wanting to to have kids and wanting to stay here mm-hmm. and build a family here and stuff mm-hmm. like that because it's like you know the way that your family is going to be viewed by the overall policing state in the country and it's kind of like selfish in a way right but, you know it right. feels selfish anyway sometimes exactly i mean i know mm-hmm. i mean personally obviously it's been a big weight on our people um yeah professionally has it affected you in any way i mean no not really i mean i guess so in a way i've gotten more business since people have been being nice to black people <laughs> since the summertime but other than we that, don't sugarcoat over here guys <laughs> no um ever since the whites have felt the need to i've gotten a cu- no, i'm just kidding but i've gotten even black people though i've gotten a couple of people like message me saying hey i'm looking for a teacher of color because i want to support a business like like okay fine yeah yeah hey. so i've seen that but i mean as far as like professionally seeing racism that's just part of the job i think in customer service um working at starbucks for so long it was just mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know in in rich white neighborhoods in starbucks yes. you know all over the country in new york and california san diego some of the richest whitest places in the country yes i remember uh, some of those stories yeah <laughs> i'd rather not get back into those dark days um but you know it's just people a lot of people don't think twice about things that are our everyday reality and that right. really hit me hard um with the way that a lot of people reacted to you know george ford's death mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. what i noticed was that it was a lot of people that were like wow this really changed my mind right. i'm like this is it's every not day for, this is not news at all like i mean i'm grateful for the conversation but i'm just wondering why did it take so long for people i mean even good intending people to mm-hmm. to listen to what we were saying right why exactly it's because we're not trusted as a people we're not trusted we think we're like you know always dramatic we're always being gaslit mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. oh racism was 400 years ago when slavery happened we haven't had any racism since then like maybe which is just beyond me that that's even a thing absolutely crazy absolutely uh, crazy you know and you know quick shout out to to the people who film i know like people who film get a lot of shit sometimes yeah can i say that on here can i say that word <laughs> yes <laughs> sorry um they get a lot of shit sometimes because they're like oh well you know a lot of people especially some of our people they'll say well if that were me i wouldn't be filming i'd be jumping in yeah you know? and right. i'm like okay that's great but there is an importance for someone mm-hmm. who is filming the entire reaction and filming the entire yeah. situation mm-hmm. um because without that we would have never known yeah and, and a lot of these you know a lot of people who are now changing their minds would have never changed their minds. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It would have never yeah, had absolutely. that, that undeniable footage yeah. <laughs> of this happening, right. you know? Yeah. Um, Very true. So, I mean, if, I guess for me, 
at least professionally speaking, I am, I'm doing okay. We'll say okay. There are some great things that my job is doing. And so I definitely mm-hmm. want to like give them their props when it comes to that. Um, we have since started an equity, diversity, and inclusion committee, which I am now a part of. Yay! Ooh, I, I really so did not, equitable and diverse. Right? right? I did not think <laughs> I would get chosen because I don't have, um, I don't have experience in an official capacity. So I mm-hmm. think I would get chosen. But like I said in my application, and like I said in our first meeting, diversity is about way more than skin color mm-hmm. and you know it's age it's lifestyle yeah. it's culture it's sexual orientation it's religion i mean it's so much bigger than that it's so broad it's you so know. broad you know and i just happen to fall under the in my opinion that that age you know bracket you know yeah and i just feel like and i'm literally the youngest one on the committee by the way Mm-hmm. So I just definitely think there's a whole other perspective I could bring to the yeah, table. Absolutely. So I mean I'm excited for it. It's very exciting. I'm I'm glad we have it. We're pretty much starting out strong. Um we're mm-hmm. gonna be meeting every two weeks for two hours, I believe. Um <clears throat> and we're basically just trying to like kick everything off the ground, you know, like just hit the ground That's running. That's nice. Um, have y'all started a meeting already? We have. We've had two meetings already. Um I'm also the secretary, so I will help as far as, um, you know, one of the things with this committee is that they want to be very transparent about the things that we discuss and what we're implementing and all of that, which makes total sense. Um, I work in marketing, so I pretty much have a hand with our website, intranet, collateral, everything. So I'll be helping post all of those transparent communications. Oh, gotcha. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was another thing I told him. I, like, I work in marketing, so like, if y'all trying to promote this, I'm yeah. the girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so that sounds exciting. All great news. It definitely, definitely better than I would have ever foreseen for my company. Yeah. Like, I definitely was not expecting it, and I applaud them a hundred percent for doing that. I guess I don't feel like and I could be completely wrong but I don't feel the support or the understanding from a lot of my colleagues there Mm -hmm. um and not in a way where it's like oh you poor thing I can't imagine like you know but I I sense that they don't understand how this is affecting my daily life Right. That is what I'm kind of having an issue with. Mm -hmm. Um, That this is not just some like unfortunate story that happened in the past and it was a one-time deal and made George Floyd rest in peace. No, Mm -hmm. this continues to happen and has been happening and affects me every day and it makes me angry and upset and I have to come to work and smile at you guys. But, you know, it's... Wait, hold on. Hey, babe? Can you... Can you stop the dryer? You stopped it? If you hate me, just say it. <laughs> what? <laughs> he said, let's move on and report the show. Okay. We need some bloopers in here. <laughs> yeah, I'm leaving that in. Uh, yeah. 
like I was saying, um, this is a daily occurrence. And I just, I don't, I get the sense that they don't understand that. And that yeah. is where I'm having a little bit of trouble. Um, yeah, it's very disheartening. You know, it, it's it's kind of disheartening, you know? So, I mean, I'll be okay. Black people have always been okay. We're, we're going to get through this. But in the meantime, mm-hmm. we're going to start by educating some of our people, talking, mm-hmm. having, you know, these dialogues and these deep conversations about this because this is this is our time, man. This yeah. is a, a lot has been happening. Like, this is our time. And so mm-hmm. I think kind of our first section that we wanted to go into for today's episode was the history of the police force. Yeah. Why the heck are the police here? What what are they doing here, Brian? What happened? <laughs> um, right. I mean, basically, we just want to go into how policing and systemic racism kind of became one and the same mm-hmm. um, when you think of things that are systemically built against black people you automatically think of the justice system and first and foremost you think of policing mm-hmm. um because i think that's been the thing in the front of everyone's mind since you know rodney king and we've seen you know us get beaten you know mm-hmm. pretty much in the forefront like this all mm-hmm. the time it's the most visible thing you know and you know some people will say oh well you know i think that the prison you know industrial system and the way that that works is kind of the first and foremost and it all feeds into each other but you got to remember those people wouldn't be there without the over policing in the first place so exactly so we wanted to talk about why like what how did this start mm-hmm. um so you've probably heard before that the origins of American policing was built from slave catchers and slave catching like militias. Yep. Um, Yeah, so basically slaves uh, would escape and that was the first kind of uh, vision of the black man and criminality Mm -hmm. uh, being put hand in hand because you know, we were always escaping because nobody wanted to be in that slavery situation. <laughs> Who would want so, to be a slave? I mean, exactly. Um, so they started, this is when, you know, it started to become black people are criminals mm-hmm. in the minds of the American society. One quote from the Eastern Kentucky University Police Studies. Mm-hmm article on uh, a brief history of slavery and the origins of american policing Mm -hmm. so basically the institution of slavery and the control of minorities were two of the more formidable historic features of the american society shaping early policing um so like i said it was originally created to control Mm -hmm. the minority and the slave population um even after slavery was abolished those same forces, which were, of course, a part of the KKK by then, began to develop into local law enforcement units. Mm-hmm. Um, and to add on to that, too, I was reading on um, Insider.com, which is um, kind of a, a branch off of Business Insider, if you've heard of them. So what they said was that, you know, obviously the South was really bad when it mm-hmm. came to slavery, punishments, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um They said that, you know, a lot of police forces were created to catch slaves, basically, like you said. 
Um, but in the North, they were actually more created to regulate immigration, which is just a whole other argument in itself because they right. all were immigrants. But, you know, yeah. that's, that's just that's a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that was kind of the differences when it came to that. And yeah. fun fact too, is that some of the earlier versions of like a police force type of thing mm-hmm. in the 1600s, they were actually more like neighborhood watch groups. Yeah. Yeah. That was actually some of the like earliest versions, except mm-hmm. obviously you can't rely on John Doe to watch over well, the community if he's drinking and oversleeping and let up you know he's a we know what person. happens with community it, exactly. policing. It, we see what's happened with that exactly so, um mm-hmm. and so once they realized that that wouldn't work obviously um right. it actually started to become a thing where um the rich people would be in charge of basically hiring some sort of police type person to watch over their area and a lot of normal citizens didn't want to do it because they had such a bad reputation which (laughs) you know there's a little similarity here shocking yeah (laughs) between back in the 1600s and now um but yeah they had such a bad reputation so rich people would actually hire the quote community thug ironically Mm -hmm. to police their area and I, I just, all of this information, I was just like, this is just beyond me. Like, I am just, I can't even deal. Yeah, it's been a concerted effort to literally monitor. I mean, this is the definition of over-policing. Mm-hmm. They've literally been created to control our, you know, communities. Literally. literally. And over time, of course, that's uh, evolved. Uh, you know, in the 60s, it turned to instead of black people that were escaping slavery is black people that wanted to vote. That's who was the criminal, um, you know, and now mm-hmm. it's black people that don't want to keep getting shot and murdered by the the police. Mm-hmm. So they're the criminals. Mm-hmm. So and back you know, and forth, you know, and a lot of people say, well, the police, they protect people. And why would they, you know, why would that be the only reason why they create police? I mean, yeah. there's crime happening back then. You guys got to understand there's a, there's a place, these wild, wild West movies. There's truth to these movies. Yes, People were, yes. they were judge, jury and executioner out on those dirt roads. Like that had was, one sheriff with you know, a revolver. And that was <laughs> it. Like people yeah. were handling their own just fine yeah police and a lot of people had you know they had bigger forces in bigger cities but still it was pretty Mm -hmm. either the especially in the south they were they were synonymous the law enforcement and the slave catches they were synonymous but in the Mm -hmm. north you know there were still laws against black people that these police officers were Mm -hmm. you know paid to enforce yep and so you know just these laws that violated our rights from the very beginning um, were created to paint us as the criminal in all of history. Exactly. Um, so it is what it is. Why, and why wouldn't, you know, you think about why these police forces were created. Why yeah. wouldn't that help ignite the systemic racism that we're going through? Right. Why yeah. wouldn't that, you know, that was like a mm-hmm. key, a uh, a cornerstone right 
in this system, you know, systemic oppression we've been going through. So absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, so we know why police were created, but like, what has their, what has the violence actually been like? What I know we talked about, we were going to get into some police violence stats. Yeah. So <clears throat> I, went to uh, mappingpoliceviolence.org and it's literally just that simple. You can just head over there yourself and read a couple of these stats. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, first thing they have on the page is police have killed 765 people in 2020 already. During a um, pandemic, by the way, guys. <laughs> yeah. <we're>, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> We've all been at yeah. home chilling, trying to get through this global pandemic. Mm-hmm. And here we are. Uh, so the next one um, I have here is black people have been 28% of those killed by police in 2020, despite being only 13% of the population um, as of 8 2020. Oh my goodness. As of August. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, there have only been 12 days in 2020 where the police did not kill someone. I get more uh, PTO this- than that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yes. So this is the stat that I really wanted to focus on for a second, because this is the one a lot of people uh, intentionally overlook. Yes, there is a statistic that says that white people are getting killed. The number of white people killed by the police per year is more than the number of black people killed by police per year. That's true. But the number of white people in the population is at 60%. So black people are three times more likely to be killed by the police than white people. Um, and they're also one and a half times more likely to be unarmed when killed by police compared to white people. So what's that? So what that stat is really saying is that black people are disproportionately killed at a yes. higher rate. Yes, the yes. number of white people is higher because sixty percent of y'all live here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're mostly white, um, but the percent. The percentage of black people being murdered as opposed to the percentage of white people being murdered is uh, almost double. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay, so the percent <laughs> of black people who live here that are being killed 18%. by the police is double that of the percent of all the white people living here. So we've got 28% of people that have been killed by the police are black right but only 13 percent of the population is black so that's pretty much a double right right, right. so for white people they're 60 percent of the population and yet their murders only take up 54 percent gotcha of okay. police murders okay yeah. i see what so they're actually killed at a much lower rate right than black people right are killed right um yeah that makes sense um it matters where you live Eight of the 100 largest city police departments kill black men at higher rates than the U.S. murder rate. Um, that includes Reno, Oklahoma City, Santa Ana, Anaheim, California, uh, St. Louis, which we know, and Scottsdale and Hialeah. Wow. So that means that they are killing black people at a higher rate than the entire murder rate in the United States. And this is the... This is based on the 2018 murder rate, but you know, for the whole year. And, and uh, okay, <laughs> keep going before I get <laughs> before I yeah. go off on a tangent. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my god. So it's not about crime. The levels of violent crime in US cities do not determine rates of police violence. So there's uh n- the last one that I have here, which I think is the most selling, um, is that there is no accountability. Ninety-nine percent of the killings by police from 2013 all the way to 2019 have not resulted in the officers being charged with a crime. Oh my goodness. It's that qualified immunity, man. Yep. Got a little bit about that too. Um, Oh my gosh. What in the world? 99% of them have not been charged with a crime. Oh my goodness. So, yeah, check out this website. It's mappingpoliceviolence.org. You can mm-hmm. check out your local police stats. Um, there's a police scorecard. Um, mm-hmm. There's a couple of police violence reports um, online, some national trends and stuff like that. There you can, um, and you can help them with their, with their um, you know, mapping of statistics with their research. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a planning team that you can join. You can also donate to support their work and stuff like that. So. Oh my goodness! Well, I just thought that those stats were very staggering, and you know that what you always hear from people is uh, one one more statistic that's not on this this page, but I do want to talk about is that you well what black on black crime? Right? Oh God, here we go. Okay, um, <laughs> so I just want it to be known that black on black crime is not a thing; that's not real um, because it's just the way that murders work, right? Mm-hmm. Most, the majority of white people that are killed are killed by other white people. The majority of black yep. people that are killed are killed by other black people. The majority of Hispanic people that are killed are killed by other Hispanic people. That's just it's the proximity. Way. It's proximity. Yeah, it's called proximity murder. And, um, you know, that's just the way that murders have happened. Um, and that even extends to special cases like serial killers. Um, even they tend to stick to their own race when they're killing. And you can see that from the Atlanta child murders. Most of those mm-hmm. children were black and the murderers happened to be white. Um, most of Ted Bundy's victims were white girls, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So right, right. even in even in the special circumstances, it still holds. So don't let anybody tell you like, oh, black on black crime. Y'all need to fix that first before we fix. No, no. Because we could easily say the same thing about them. We can say the same. That's basically what that argument is saying is that if you can't fix all murders, then this doesn't have any place in my in my mind. This is literally like a Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter thing. Yeah. <laughs> like that's yeah. literally another iteration of it. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's just another way of gaslighting. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. those stats were definitely staggering. Can you give the website one more time in case people? Yeah, it's. That? mappingpoliceviolence.org and it's just those three words m-a-p-p-i-n-g police violence check that out guys because these this is real like this is this is our everyday lives we're talking about our brothers sisters this is not just a burst of things that have been happening in the past few years or the past few months or this has been happening from the beginning you know these people, they just have one thing in mind, honestly, and they just either don't want to face the realities because it, it it's uncomfortable. It, it is. Know? Or they just straight up don't care and they're just racist. But not <laughs> everybody's a racist, you know, <laughs> that, that doesn't support this. I feel, you know, that doesn't I, understand this, I'll say. I have not seen that. I, yeah. There are a nice mix between people who are just flat out racist. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then you have people who are 
genuinely ignorant of the situation. Oh, my dad was a cop. Oh, but my, you know, my brother's in the military, so I'm not going to kneel. Like, that kind of stuff. It's just like, right exactly they're (laughs) genuinely ignorant of it yeah you know and then you have people who actually understand it but would probably never admit it yeah because admitting it makes it real yeah Mm -hmm. makes it uncomfortable and then again yeah it's uncomfortable so they don't want to they don't want to deal with that so and you know i understand but my everyday life is uncomfortable. You, you know, know? I mean, you got to deal with it. You know, you have to face problems in order to move on. So, I mean, kind of like we mentioned in the committee, you know, like mm-hmm. you guys just get to have an uncomfortable conversation right. and be done with it. Yeah. We have to live uncomfortably every day. It's tiring. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. exhausting, you know? And, yeah. you know, speaking of uncomfortable, <laughs> mm-hmm. let's talk about black lives matter <laughs> uh, so yeah, we just wanted to kind of jump into how the modern day movement you know civil rights movement kind of started and where we are now and what happened till we get here and stuff like that right and i just want to reiterate too that this is something we have been dealing with forever okay mm-hmm. for a yeah. long time since before yeah. the start of the police forces Yes, you know the the slave trade this has been something we've been dealing with for a long time so yeah when we talk about these things coming up and these numbers and these deaths please remember we are only talking about the modern civil rights movement the black lives matter movement and that's that so i just wanted to make that clear and so you know and i was gonna say if you guys do want to learn more about kind of like the full timeline of what has transpired since black lives matter and you know what what's kind of caused all of this um bbc Mm -mm. news actually has a really good pretty pretty solid timeline um of all the high profile cases this is not all the cases by any means yeah Um, Mm -hmm. all of the high profile cases they do pretty good at kind of laying all those out and talking about them and how it kind of ignited the movement and what happened yeah um yeah go ahead search google go on there you'll kind of find the full lineup i i would definitely say so i know black lives matter officially kind of started back in 2016 i'm pretty sure right near um so actually i have their um their history on on the website up here Mm -hmm. so on blacklivesmatter.com it says in 2013 Three radical black organizers, Alicia Garza, Patrice Cullors, and Opal Tometi, um, created a black-centered political will and movement building project called Black Lives Matter in response to the acquittal of Trayvon Martin's murderer, George Zimmerman. Makes so sense. I wanted to talk a little bit about that story because it's been so long. I don't um, even know that, that was the start of it. I had I didn't yeah. even know that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah, I remember his mother, his parents at press conferences wearing black lives matter shirts wow Um, oh my goodness yeah so just to refresh your memory of what happened in the trayvon martin uh case so i just went back to um history.com has like this thing where you can look up articles the most popular article um in a certain day Mm. um so the most popular article on what was the day here february 26 2012 
says uh, Trayvon Martin, an African-American teen, was walking home from a trip to a convenience store when he was fatally shot by George Zimmerman, a neighborhood watch volunteer patrolling the townhouse community uh, in Sanford, Florida. Yep. Zimmerman later claimed to have shot the unarmed 17-year-old out of self-defense during a physical altercation. Um, after police uh, initially opted not to arrest Zimmerman, it, it sparked, obviously, protests and ignited national debates about racial profiling and self-defense laws. They eventually decided to charge him, um, but they charged him with second-degree murder, mm-hmm. um, and he was acquitted. Yep. So, um, I will not forget that know, case. That case was... shattered a lot of things about my yeah. life. Yeah. And I'm a young black girl, you know? Like, yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was that was deep. That was a really hard time. Yeah. So, you know, he he claimed that this 17-year-old boy. Now, we've all seen pictures of George Zimmerman fat ass, okay? <laughs> so, he claimed that this excuse me. Uh he claimed that this 17-year-old boy beat him so senselessly that he had no other choice but to shoot him. And mind you, which you can this is this is this is public knowledge basically you can find this anywhere on the mm-hmm. call with the 911 operator right. he literally says i'm going to go follow him so and they tell him no mind you he did not have to get in any type of altercation with this boy no no and mind they you they told the him boy, to stay in the car exactly and mind you the boy probably only fought back because a random man is following him at night. <laughs> Very strange. What? Very do you weird. Expect? <laughs> You're a total weirdo. But you know, <laughs> they on July 13th, after deliberating for 16 hours over two days, mm-hmm. jury of six women found Zimmerman not guilty. Yep. Um, Good old Florida. But in November 2013, the city of Sanford announced new rules forbidding volunteers and neighborhood watch programs from carrying guns mm-hmm. and pursuing suspects. So, I mean, something came from it, but not much because um, there was the whole thing with the uh, stand your ground law, which is an NRA lobby law, but I'm not even going to get into that. That's a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the mm-hmm. NRA is is basically funding this war against black people. It's very disheartening mm-hmm. yeah so I, that was yeah mm-hmm, that was basically the kickoff um and everyone you know protested and then you know things cooled down for a bit black lives matter kind of faded into the background and then i think what was it 2015 when mike brown was shot 15 or 16 and then ferguson happened mm-hmm. um and that re lit the fire basically mm-hmm. Ferguson was the first, I think, demonstration of violence Mm -hmm. in protest that we had seen on a large scale like that, um, that we had seen reported on. Yeah. Michael uh, Brown was actually in 2014, by the way. Well, 14. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. this was, you know, 2013, the Trayvon Martin ruling came out and then Mm -hmm. 2014, Mike Brown is killed. So, I mean, these things are happening one right after the other. Well, and actually just to take it back a little bit, one that me and my boyfriend were talking about today that we, I don't want to say we forgot about it, but it's just one of those things that you just get so used to these killings that you can't remember Mm -hmm. all the people who Mm -hmm. were killed unjustly. Um, Oscar Grant 
at mm. that uh, BART police station or that BART uh, train station, sorry, Fruitvale station. Uh, oh, right. That was yeah, in 2009. Right, right, right. That was 11 years ago. Wow. Isn't that wow. crazy? New Year's 2009. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like this wasn't already going on, guys. It's basically yeah. what we're saying. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, we move into 2014. Actually, that July of 2014 was Eric Garner. Mm-hmm. Um, August 2014 was Michael Brown. Move into mm-hmm. November of that year, that was Tamir Rice, the 12 year old. Yeah. And then getting into 2015, we got Walter Scott, Alton Sterling, Philando Castile, all very high profile murders, not deaths. Yes. Yeah. And murders. this is all going on during the 2015-2016 presidential campaigns. Exactly. So it's all turning into a political shit-flinging fest and nothing's <laughs> actually getting done. That's the best is, way to, to put it, yes. I mean, honestly, they were just throwing <laughs> these people's names out for hashtags for, for, you know, content at this point. And it was just like, God, like, these are people. There's an actual cause here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so after Castile... That's when good old Colin Kaepernick mm-hmm. was like, you know what? I've had enough. Yeah. These people are not being brought to justice. This is an issue and we need to address it. And yeah. he kneeled. He talked with the his. Anthem. Right. He talked with a friend of his, was a former Navy SEAL, asked him how could he protest in a respectful way to him. And, you know, the his friend advised him to kneel during the national anthem. Um, as a way to show that, you know, to show your grief and, and you know, h- your heartfelt desire for justice for these exactly. people being killed by a system raised by America, right? Mm-hmm. Raised by the flag, raised by these, you know, words. Exactly. So, so he did that. And then guess what happened? <laughs> got fired people was elevated hated it people hate i mean you would think that we were out there rioting when he was kneeling because that's exactly Mm -hmm. how people responded Mm -hmm. so talk about peaceful protests you know people get mad now you know that people are rioting and tearing things up okay well when a dude just kneeled (laughs) that wasn't okay either raised hell you know and a send lot of him people death threats you know send him death threats he lost his job i mean things are just torn apart for him and you know i hear some some people who are uh, some non-black people who mm-hmm. said well you know he was disrespecting the flag and that's why i don't support that because this is our country and blah 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 and i was just like okay what made you think he was disrespecting the flag when did he say that? Well, I I heard it. You know, I heard Trump say it. Okay, did you watch? Uh-huh. Did you even try to watch any of his interviews? No. Or read anything about his movement or any? Did you even try? It had nothing no. to do with that flag. It had everything they... to do with the injustice, yeah. police brutality against black and brown people. Mm-hmm. That is what it had to do with. You know, and I'm I'm stressing yeah. all of this because this is this has been years in the making, and this is what has brought us to where we are now. And Absolutely. so, I mean, even after all that, you know, after Kaepernick, after everyone lost their shit over him kneeling over a flag, 
more killings were still happening. So you still got Stephen Clark. And then we kind of move into 2020, which really just ignited everything. And, you know, I, I've talked with a few people about this. And basically, it all comes down to psychology. You know, think about it. We are all at home mm -hmm. dealing with coronavirus. You know, we're stressed out. We can't go anywhere. You know, life has been a little bit harder. People have lost their jobs. Um, others are, you know, trying to make it on unemployment. They have multiple kids to feed. It has been a lot of strife yeah. and stress. And Absolutely. then you bring in, you know, the murders of Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Ahmaud Aubrey even, even, you know, it might yeah. not have been done by a police officer, but it was done by an emboldened white civilian. Yeah. Botham Jean, a lot of people forgot about him. Mm-hmm. In Dallas, who was shot in his own apartment. You bring all of these deaths in and nothing is still changing. So at this point, we have pretty much had it up to here. We're done. I mean, honestly, though, the names are endless. You like you can always go down the list and then be like, oh, and you forgot. Oh, and you forgot. Oh, and you forgot. Exactly. And that's just the point. That's the point. Like, this is we're seeing. And I think that I'm going go back to tennis for a second, kind of. But I think that's what Naomi Osaka was saying in her speech. She said, this is I'm, I'm tired of watching the genocide of black people by right. police in America. Right. And the, the rate that they are killing us is that dramatic. And everybody's like, oh, you're just being so dramatic. Why would you say genocide? This is the definition of a like for you to say that knowing, knowing the numbers, knowing how these people are being killed and what they're being killed for, they're being killed for resisting arrest. You know, resisting, that's not an offense punishable by death. And if you ask me, we've been going through genocide since we were stolen and brought here yes. in the first place. So yes. that that's my argument Absolutely. there. You can't tell me anything. It, it, you, you, genocide has been a part of our, it's just been slow and steady. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> you know? It just didn't happen right. all in one year. You yeah. Know? No, it's happened over hundreds of years. Yeah. You know? And the intentional effort to hold back our lives is genocide. Exactly. You know, and even if you think about, I mean, obviously we can only go over the high profile cases that we know of. There's plenty yeah. more people going through this that just didn't get caught on the news, you know? Right. And if you even think about other examples of the system failing our people like the central park five just a constant way for the police to come in and provoke and destroy our communities and we're just not standing for it anymore and that's no. why all these protests have been happening and our voice and otherwise you know and our yeah. voices are finally starting to be heard whether they want to be heard or not they are mm -hmm. yeah and I'm, I'm loving it, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, speaking of Kaepernick, these, these sports players. Yeah. Professional so, players. Kaepernick was unprecedented in his time, right? Mm-hmm. Protesting something before a game, a professional football game, as a professional football 
player with your afro and your blackness and all the white you know leaders and owners in the nba just looking to take you out and then he kind of not kind of he absolutely jump-started a movement that Mm -hmm. has has been unparalleled since so we saw recently and as stressed as i was during these (laughs) i was about to say you're the sports girl i was very proud of the milwaukee bucks um and george hill um going in making that impassioned speech talking with you know the people that you know people they're on these teams together for years right Mm -hmm. sometimes they, they they spend hours days together and in this bubble they've been closer than you know family Right. Because they're all over each other. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these are his, this is a room full of his brothers, people, most of which look like him, right? Most of which are black. Right. And they just decided to stay, take a stand since the uh, Jacob Blake murder. Yes. Well, not murder, shooting. He didn't shooting, die, yeah. thank God. But shooting in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Um, and Milwaukee, Wisconsin, being only a few hours, um, a few minutes away, excuse me, from Kenosha, mm-hmm. the Milwaukee Bucks were just like, this is our, we we, we want to take charge on this stand. Um, and, you know, they started something that they had no intention of starting. Yeah. I think they just kind of sparked up, you know, a major shift. So, you know, they, they decided to sit out of their game five in the mm-hmm. playoffs. Um, what they had decided was just we'll drop this game and we'll come back and play game six. But right now we think that bigger voices need to be heard. You know, there's more now. Ironically, only thing that was talked about for the next week was the Milwaukee Bucks <laughs> dropping out. But um, but it did open up the conversation about why they why they decided to drop this game. So um, I loved you know, it. Yeah, I they loved came out it. and they read their statement and um, it was very powerful. Um, they came out with their masks and their shirts on and, you know, just seeing a group of men, mostly black men coming out and saying, we're not playing monkey for you right now. There exactly. are more important things for us to talk about right now. And they, they, you know, the people that they were getting ready to play the Orlando magic, they, they too decided, well, since, you know, if they're not coming out, we need to not come out as well. We stand with them in solidarity. Um, and then the rest of the teams that were going to play that night did mm-hmm. the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the NBA just decided to go ahead and, you know, in solidarity with the Bucks and their stand to go ahead and shut down playoff games. Yep. And there was a while there, you know, they were saying like, okay, well, the playoffs is not going to continue. Oh, they're going to cut off the season. Oh, they're going to keep going with the season, but the Lakers and the Clippers aren't going to be a part of it. It was crazy for a while, but, you know, they they sat down with basically all of the players still in the bubble, and they just talked about what they wanted to get out of this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that that was such an important step because they actually – did something with this platform, yes. with this time. They they created initiatives. They decided um, LeBron James has his voting initiative that they decided to promote. Mm-hmm. They're doing Black Lives Matter commercials from the networks during the time. Um, yep. So and can you they- imagine? I mean, and, you know, I work in marketing, so I'm always thinking from a marketing money perspective. Yeah. Um, can you imagine all of the companies who paid for ads during mm-hmm. the game? Mm-hmm who no longer had them Mm -hmm. and money had to be returned in some form or fashion. Yeah. God, this is 
powerful. If we can hit people where it really hurts, one of the yeah. biggest things they care about is money. Yeah. If we can hit them where it mm -hmm. really hurts. Do you know what we could? I mean, this is this is like the start of something major, you know? And it I is. a lot of my um, you know, my PR and journalism friends, they were kind of passing around this uh someone had started like a makeshift kind of PR strategy for this. Uh-huh. Um, how we can basically kind of sustain this type of boycotting for the future um, mm -hmm. and what it could mean for sports going forward. And um, someone created it and they've been basically kind of passing it around. Like this needs to be something mm -hmm. we actually do all the yeah. time. Like let's make this a thing yeah. and get these, you know, people justice mm -hmm. and charge these police officers. I mean, it was, it was like a, yeah very interesting thing so it's yeah. just really cool to see our people coming together like that i mean yeah oh and all God. people honestly they had stoppages in the mlb they had stoppages in uh tennis you uh the western and southern open stopped um after naomi osaka said that she wasn't gonna play um wow. in solidarity with the bucks they stopped the entire tournament and gave wow. you know just to to just like the same thing push and you know tennis is a majority white sport mm -hmm. and, so, mm -hmm. and, a, and it's an international sport so it's not even centralized around right america exactly like, i still thought it was important enough um to stop playing right and Naomi osaka isn't even american yeah i was about to say she's not <laughs> she's not even american go ahead Naomi. Um, go ahead yeah so <laughs> everybody really uh, they really took stands um even the nhl they didn't stop games but they held moments of silence um they had black lives matter on the ice so just beautiful just yeah just beautiful. a lot of different things that and you know the N nba has been doing the the black lives matter push on the court this entire time since they've been back right um, exactly so they've got you know they've been doing it all along but mm -hmm. now they're really They've been leading basically the entire sports world mm -hmm. from the beginning of this, mm -hmm. from the beginning of this. So I remember that first game that came back and it was just yeah. BLM everywhere. Equality yes. on their jerseys yeah. and Black Lives Matter on the core. And I was just like, this is the most wow. beautiful thing I could yeah. have ever seen in my lifetime. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was nice. Yeah, it's really interesting. And, you know, most of the post-game interviews the players are are taking the time to you know i, I don't want to talk about this game right yes. now let's talk about this <laughs> every time I'm like, yes and i'm like yes that's right that's right i don't want to talk about great. this game <laughs> this is great. i love it i love it i love it it's nice oh my gosh you know and i mean kind of on that same note of black lives and and making a difference and and power to our people type of thing um, yeah. Just giving a shout out, obviously, to Chadwick Boseman. Sad, sad loss. And I definitely saw him as a role model for so many young black kids. He was our hero. He was our superhero. He literally was, you know? And we, I, I mean, just go back to remember the beginning of 2019 when Black Panther just came out. Oh, my god! I mean, gosh. the excitement in the Black community. Girl, people were seeing it, cast. like, two, three, four times. Like, yes. people were just, like, going to see it we again. We went back to see it two <laughs> times, three times, because I just wanted to give them all my money. Right? <laughs> I just wanted to give them all my money because, wow, they did a black 
and they did a black ass movie. Yes. Like it was super yes. black. Yeah. They say they that, took the um, time to figure out the correct patterns to use for the mm-hmm. African clothing, the music, mm-hmm. the cultural aspects of it were spot on. I mean, I was just so impressed. They say that Wakanda is what Africa was supposed to be mm-hmm. before That's what colonization, it what it would have yeah. been before yeah. colonization and all of that. Ugh, speaking of colonization, I was just looking at the British and their colonization history. That is very terrifying. We look at Britain now as like a, a good country, but they have really been doing some shit over the years. You know, I've been wondering whose history was darker. <laughs> like, because between Maybe us we two, learn from the best. You know, we learn from the best. I'll right. just say that. You're right. You're so right. <laughs> we learned from the best. You're so right because But that was totally off subject, but still, England has some uh some splaining. I mean, do. sort of off subject. <laughs> I mean, who do you think stole us? <laughs> right. It, boom. There it goes right I there. I mean, there you know, it is. Uh, but oh, you know, just just had to shout out Chadwick, and I and yeah, I love, I love, love, love that he and his family had a statement to release yeah. as soon as he mm-hmm. passed because I felt yeah. like it was a great opportunity for for his family to control the narrative. Yes. And not let all these other whatever, all these other tabloids and publications and yeah. whatever mm-hmm. steal what good he actually put into the world. What and his just, life was actually about. Exactly. Yeah. And I just, I love it. I, I just, yeah. oh, love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Um, As you know, the tabloids, this is our, this is our black hero. You know, they would have immediately went, oh, that was drugs. You, you oh, know, it, wasn't drug, it was drugs that killed him it wasn't know, cancer they lying it was drugs like exactly mm. so i i love it i love what they did even after yeah. death this man is a genius yeah. i just i had to shout him he out will definitely been missed i mean even past black panther he was he played so many iconic, iconic black figures roles, right there's a like, few that I have to go back and watch because I haven't seen yeah. all of them. So I just I watched 42 the other day and Get On Up. Oh man! Oh my gosh. God, I Get On imagine. Up was incredible. Oh I mean, man! Truly oh, will man. be missed. He will truly, truly be missed for sure. Wakanda forever, for real, for real. Um, so yeah, get, getting a little bit back to this conversation. Yeah, we're, we're gonna end off this conversation by talking about okay. So we've talked about the history of the police. We've talked about kind of where BLM got started. We've talked about some stats. What are the solutions? What, like how? Yeah. How are we so, supposed you know, to get out of this? Yeah, there's so many different theories and 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 ways of looking at it and. I would say that no nobody's idea is invalid as mm-hmm. long as their heart is right. You know, we kind of need all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need the protests. We need the people on the front line because that is an important part of it. So you and I have protested together. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, that experience, just being together with what was it 60,000 people with yeah. us mm-hmm. all of the of the same mind there for the same cause it was very inspiring yes. right and it put fire under people's butts our own as well yeah because right? you know just knowing that there are this many people that support me and what I think is 
you know, that I think that it's important that black people stop dying at the hands of police. And there's exactly. people that support me. And you can lose sight of that uh, mm-hmm. a lot of times if you stay on the Internet. So it's yes. important to get out, even in the pandemic. And the most important thing, and I think has been the most amazing part of these protests, is all of the safety precautions that people have been taking. Yeah. The organizers are always yep. out there handing out masks, always out there with sanitizer, mm-hmm. always out there with water, helping yep. people out. Snacks. Some, some of them had snacks. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh, my blood. gosh. <laughs> um, making sure people are staying as distant as possible. Yep. Um, you know, and everybody's been super safe. So, you know, go out there if you can, if there's protests in your area and just kind of feel that experience because it's very interesting it's empowering Uh, empowering i felt i felt very empowered after that protest and like you said it is so easy to lose sight of how many people actually support you you know i work in on social media for a living so all i'm seeing is the negative every day that's Mm -hmm. it so just to see that i just felt like there's hope you know yeah (laughs) there's hope and we can Mm -hmm. we can make it you know. Now, I do want to talk a second about the controversy over the other part, which is the violence, the rioting. A lot of people have brought up, you know, okay, even, even our presidential candidate, uh, Joe Biden, has expressed, you know, disdain at people rioting and, and looting and, and causing issues. But I... I and, you know, they're saying things like that's not protest. And I, I don't agree. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't agree with that statement that looting and rioting is not a form of protest. Um, it absolutely is, especially in a community, in a society where money as is, is as important money and property, mm-hmm. um, run things the way that they do in our society. Destroying those things and costing people money is a definite way to protest. And in our society, you know, those things are more important than, than human life, life. Exactly. so yeah we're, we're making a so statement. i absolutely think it's a valid now it's not always going to be productive of course you've got the people on the other side that are just waiting and praying to see more violence so that they can scare suburban white people mm-hmm. away from the black lives matter movement mm-hmm. um so there's always people looking to use what you do against you so that's why it is important to have both sides because you want them to feel the force of your anger and you want them to feel the loss um obviously you know destroying a target is not equitable to killing a 12 year old boy playing with a toy gun in a park that's not right that those two things right. are not you know but it's just we feel so helpless. Like I said, mm-hmm. we've been doing this for 400 years. And they have, like you said, they don't care about our peaceful protests. They hate that. Mm-hmm. They hate when we talk about police violence. They hate any sort of, you know, resistance against law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Um, because, And that comes up from what we were talking about before, the uh, building of the Black person as the criminal in America. Um, yes every turn we take Mm -hmm. it is Mm -hmm. it is black people are trying to make this bad or black people are bad or black people are Mm -hmm. making this evil or black people are it is Mm -hmm. always bad 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 connected to black people and right and there's a there's a famous quote going around i'm sure you've heard it where they said that that people are lucky that all black people want is equality 
uh, and, and not the, revenge yeah. and not revenge yeah yeah yes mm -hmm. and that ooh, i said I that felt all the that. time i felt and you it. know what <laughs> not all of us just want equality some of us <laughs> didn't want revenge but thankfully oh. this is not the time for that we just want to not be killed exactly you know? that's it and i think that that's a very reasonable request mm -hmm. <laughs> i I, you know? I think so too i mean i could be I, wrong i could be wrong but i don't really think that i am and i <laughs> i saw that post i'm pretty sure you posted it on facebook where it said that guilty people shouldn't be killed by the police either and I, right people forgot that for a second um yeah police are not these vigilantes that are just out here killing whoever they think is bad that's that not is, their job. That's literally not their, that's literally written into the constitution. Yeah. There's a reason mm -hmm. why we have checks and balances. Yeah. And you know what, on that same, on that same wavelength, uh, I think we should talk about one of the other solutions. Um, because like you said, that's not their job. They're not judge, jury, and executioner. Yep. And that's what another one of the solutions that defund and abolish the police movement yeah has been um has been going on about i'm gonna um, let you take the reins on this because i know you <laughs> have been studying this and counseling and talking to people all about yeah this. <laughs> yeah so i i was one of the people who immediately heard that and was like well that's stupid we can't do that what about all the crime yeah well you know once you sit down and and realize that defund I think the it's just they're using scary words yeah, to get it's the people's attention. It's the wording. That's, yeah, yeah. And when you hear defund the police, it it's abrasive. So you automatically want to say, "What the heck are they talking about?" And you go Google it, and you find out, oh, this is actually kind of reasonable. Yeah, what they're um, actually saying is reallocate. Yes, um, that's not as trendy as a hashtag, like, but right. Um, <laughs> that's what that's so, what it really is saying. Yeah, for people so, who are scared. Basically, this is the way that it was explained to me that kind of put me on the right track. Um, so right now, the police have too many jobs. Mm -hmm. They have too many opportunities to come into our neighborhoods and harass us. Mm -hmm. um, they are taking care of traffic. They are taking care of car registration and all that stuff. They're taking care of domestic violence disputes. They're taking care of mental health calls. Uh, they're taking care of drug abuse calls, violence, uh, rapes. All of this cats stuff. and trees, um, yeah, right. Cats and trees. <laughs> what? Like even it's, it's they have way too many job descriptions. And what defund the police is essentially saying is to narrow down the scope of what police do. Mm -hmm. Um, so we don't need to have police coming in to de-escalate the situation between a husband and wife that may be fighting. Um, we don't need the police to come in and patrol crackheads. Right, we need people that are going to come in and actually do some good. So, taking the billions and billions of dollars that police <laughs> budgets get each year mm -hmm. um, and reallocating those funds to different types of service. Mm -hmm. um, so, one stat here that I got from the Brookings, Brookings Institute, excuse me, um, it says data shows that nine out of 10 calls for service are for nonviolent encounters. Now, wow. that doesn't mean that the incident will not turn violent, but police at times contribute to the escalation of that violent force, which we were talking about before. Yeah. Um, and so 
taking police out of these situations that are nonviolent and giving them over to people who specialize in that situation. For example, calling in uh, drug abuse or rehab facilities for people that may, like if someone's walking around high at a gas station, don't call the cops on them, mm -hmm. call the rehab facility to come and help him out. Or if you hear uh, a woman being beaten in her house and you, you wanna help her, don't call the police because that could put her in an even more dangerous situation since most domestic violence situations, the police can't do anything about it anyway, right. legally. Right. Um, Cause they literally in, just leave it. They'll just be like, okay, yeah. well, we got a noise complaint. So you guys just right. take care. And then they walk out. If the woman <laughs> does not want to press charges or, or the man, you know, whatever. If the person being abused does not want to press charges, there's nothing they can do. So those situations often turn violent because the police feel a sense of vigilante justice. Well, I can't legally take you in, but I see what you're doing to this woman. So let me assert my authority. Right. Let me get you yeah. in for something else. Exactly. Um, and and that's not what the function of the police should be. We need to have people there, domestic violence specialists mm -hmm. to help the people that are being abused um, and so just taking the oh, go ahead well i was gonna say it's you know you saying that brings up this there's a story recently in rochester new york mm, where yeah. a guy was having a mental breakdown you know it, it, mental illness issues you know things that we've encountered every day it wasn't necessarily violent just kind of you know office rocker a little bit um yeah. they called the police to quote help the mm -hmm. situation and guy was you know running around naked spitting that type of thing you know at, yeah. at no point did he punch or harm anybody or anything um he's but, naked so he's clearly unarmed it, you know clearly <laughs> uh, <laughs> i was about to make a dirty joke but i'm not gonna <laughs> um but yeah and they killed him knocked his head into the concrete and killed him oh my god yeah when it it literally Horrifying. did not have to to go there it did not have to go there it didn't exactly so just shifting these funds into social services can improve things such as mental health addiction and homelessness and mm -hmm. it's really honestly a better use of taxpayer money because it can actually kind of help these problems right um i mean think about all the things that the police do we don't need police coming to our neighborhoods to harass us over our, where we parked on the street Right. We don't need police exactly. to come into our neighborhoods and and deal with HOA issues. Right. If my right. trash can is in, in front of my house instead of in the back of my house and the HOA has a problem with it, I don't need the police coming to check on that. Right. Right. You know, I don't need the police coming in to to over criminalize mm -hmm. the people addicted to crack mm -hmm. in, in my neighborhoods. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I just. We need police to come in and help us with violent crime. So creating a violent crime task force um, is one mm. of uh, one of the suggestions given. Now, the defund the police, abolish the police. It has several different iterations. There are people that want more extreme reforms. There are people that want less extreme reforms. It's just it's such a wide scope. Mm -hmm. of what it means so you might have heard it mean one thing and you might have not agreed with that but there are different versions um that are not as extreme right some people just want you know completely get rid of the police um mm -hmm. and rely on community policing now, i don't agree with that because 
of George Zimmerman. Right. Clearly. <laughs> right but, there. That's, that's it. That's not going to... It didn't work in the 1600s. It no. didn't work back in 2015, no. 16. It's not going to work now. No. Um, and I understand the need or the the request for some Black people to police their own neighborhoods um, just because you know, of the way police interact with black neighborhoods in mm -hmm. general. But I think that as well will have issues because not only white people are crazy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not only white people are crazy. So mm -hmm. um, we need to keep it, you know, we need to keep it to a place where people are held accountable. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. so having task force that are specifically there to handle uh, violent crimes, people that are there to solve murders, people right. that are there to solve rapes, um, go i i challenge you to go to your local police departments uh just google statistics on how many rapes they have solved compared to how many rapes have been reported it will shock you um, so you know i watch law and order svu my favorite mm -hmm. show of all time do we have a lot of those type of units within the police departments um, that specifically I focus on you know yeah you know i of course they're not as well funded as right. the ones on tv <laughs> right um but a lot of them are also beat cops a lot of them mm. have other jobs that they do they're also on homicide gotcha. but you know there are sexual assault task forces on several police um but i mean there's a huge problem um, that a lot of feminists have been fighting back against is the um backlog of untested rape kits because the police don't want to use resources to test because when you're when you're raped you go and get a rape kit done basically they swab you and try to find dna or skin right uh samples under your nails or in your genital area and all of that stuff and so these a lot of most most of these are never tested for dna to find out who the killer was wow. um, because it's expensive it's expensive to test for dna and not our problem that's yours Yes, that's exactly it. They, 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 they adopt the the old seventies. Uh, oh, he just ran away from home thing for the missing kids. It's the same thing. Oh well, you know he. You'll never be able to find him. That is just sickening. Yeah, it is. So I mean, and back to most of these untested rape kits are for black and Latino victims. Um, particularly sex workers, those who are seen as what's called less dead, right? So people that live high-risk lifestyles, finger quotes, right. high-risk lifestyles, mm -hmm. um, that people see their death or their rape or their assault is not as important as, mm -hmm. uh, you know, JonBenet Ramsey. Right. right, exactly. So... You know, oh my goodness. there's all of the, uh, we just got off subject again, but still <laughs> on the same subject. That's the thing. Like you could just go in, in circles and circles and circles around these facts. Well, when you and, have such a corrupt system, it's easy to kind of yeah. get off topic a little bit with yeah. all the corruption going on. It is a lot. It's a lot. And it's on every facet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, so you are yeah. a believer of hashtag defund the police. Yeah, definitely. I think that using taxpayer money to fund things that will actually help people, mm -hmm. house homeless people, help domestic violence situations, help rape victims, 
um, you know, help people that may not have enough money to register their car. Uh, yep. You know, having all of these these laws built up against poor people, and particularly poor mm-hmm. people of color, like ID laws and 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 car registration and all of this stuff is, you know, it makes it very expensive to be poor and very expensive to be black. Yes, that's why a lot of people, you know, I talked to my boyfriend about it and you know he's from kind of like the fifth ward north houston mm-hmm. sea king area yeah and he you know he's he's mentioned stories about people who literally could not afford the tickets they got for not having yeah. insurance because they yeah. couldn't afford insurance in the first place the insurance in the first place because yeah. the jobs that they get are just horrible Mm-hmm. Couldn't afford the insurance, couldn't afford the tickets they got for not having insurance, and literally had to go and just sit out their time. Yeah. Had to sit it out. I've had family and members lose have their to job do that as well. and then mm-hmm. get a record. And it just, mm-hmm. it's like a vicious cycle. I mean, yeah. it is- it's that prison industrial system. It runs every single aspect of criminal justice of Black people in this country. Every single aspect. The minute from the second that they wrote the 13th Amendment, with the exception of criminality, they knew what the hell they were doing from the very second they wrote that amendment. And, you know, if you if on that same subject, if you haven't watched the documentary 13th by now, I don't know yeah. what you're doing. Where My are mom you? mentioned that to me. <laughs> Gotta watch it. It's so important. Watch it a couple times and share that information with people that you know. I'm honestly um, scared to watch it. I haven't seen it yet. And I'm honestly You haven't seen it? I actually have not. No, it's I, not something that you should be scared of. It's empower it's empowering to have that information because, <sighs> because now you can see it really connected a lot of dots for me. Honestly. It's mm-hmm. it's very helpful because I had so many you know, you even yourself get brainwashed into thinking things about your own people that aren't true, but just kind of falling into the the idea that, well, obviously, Black communities have more violence, have more crime, mm-hmm. so therefore that's why we're in prison more. And I didn't think that was right, but I still thought that it was true. Yeah. But not even true. Yeah. We're just over-policed exactly. for the purpose of putting us back into slavery. It's truly disturbing. Exactly. Um, That's what my yeah. mom was saying about modern day slavery. I mean, what do you think yeah. these people in prison are doing? You know, they literally they're have working. these people working. Like this is not, yes. they're not just like sitting around. Like, in no, literally, they had, they had inmates putting out fires, wildfires, untrained wow. inmates putting out wildfires for cents on the dollar. Wow. Insanity. I had yeah. wow, that is they use these people for all kinds of manual labor. Yeah. Wow. That they is... can pay them less than immigrants. So the immigrants, you know, they get the field jobs and then the inmates that they could pay five, ten cents, that's they they get all the other jobs, the the menial labor. It's like that is crazy. Very, very disturbing to see the way everything kind of connects into each other so i mean defund the police like i said please 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 go look it up you can look at um mm-hmm. the brookings institute you can just google brookings institute defund the police and mm-hmm. um, an article called what does defund the police mean and does it have merit by Rayshawn ray will come up it was very recently written so that's the one that um i wanted to pick because it has a lot of the most recent information on where people have um, landed on this and it kind of pulled together a lot of um, 
look at this. This is another one. I just kind of scrolled down to the bottom of this page. Listen to this. Approximately 38% of murders, 66% of rapes, 70% of robberies, and 47% of unaggravated assaults go unsolved every year. Holy moly. So why in the world are we paying these people, you know, billions of dollars to do what? Ninety oh percent, well over ninety percent of the people stopped by the police in the stop and frisk program were not committing any crime. I mean, why? Like, why? Yeah, like, like you said, why are we paying these people? Why? It is time to demilitarize. Pay- yes, exactly. We're paying them to harass us and then not help. <laughs> that's, oh my gosh! That's what they get paid to do. It's just over police black neighborhoods. Honestly, and look, I know y'all are going to say, well, not every cop is bad. Fine. Okay. That's fine. If that's okay. But policing is bad mm-hmm. in itself. Policing, the structure of it, the institution of policing in America has been so deeply corrupted um, that there's really no, in my eyes, there's no way to go in from the outside and just make some reforms. I think that the whole thing kind of has to be flipped on top of its head. Yeah, but not everyone agrees. Um, and that leads me to my next point was one of the other solutions that people have been talking about has been outside police reforms, right? Legislation. Mm. Um, so Congress, of course, um, the House, the 116th House House of Representatives has um, passed their Justice and Policing Act of 2020 um, in the name of George Floyd. It's called H.R. 7120, the George mm-hmm. Floyd Justice in, in Policing Act of 2020. And so basically what that does is um, here's the uh, the summary of the bill says this bill addresses a wide range of policies and issues regarding policing practices and law enforcement accountability. It includes measures to increase accountability for law enforcement misconduct, to enhance uh, transparency and data collection and to eliminate discriminatory policing practices. Mm -hmm. So um, basically they want to lower the criminal intent standard. Um, so what that means is that uh, for police, um, when they are involved in an excessive force uh, situation, um, they normally have to be willfully, they have to be willful in the actions in order to be prosecuted. So they have to mm. find, the judge has to find them basically first degree <laughs> murder. Okay. Um, or assault, <laughs> yeah. Um, but they want to uh, lower the criminal intent standard from willful to knowing or reckless. So mm. being reckless with um, your your supplies, um, your tools as a police officer with your authority, um, right. and knowing what you're doing is against the excessive force misconduct uh, rules. Gotcha. Um, will also cause you to be federally prosecuted. Um, it limits qualified immunity, which we'll talk about a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it limits it as a defense to liability in a private civil action against a law enforcement officer. So basically, if a police officer is sued by someone saying that they violated their rights, um, they can say that, oh, I was just performing my duties. And they can they can use that to to con- the idea behind it was to make sure that police officers wouldn't constantly be getting sued for rights violations mm-hmm. uh which in itself is kind of you know 
right uh, not a great law they should probably be held accountable for all rights violations but the idea is that police sometimes have to violate rights in order to do their job fine if that's how you want to define police right okay i was about to say that's Uh, neither here nor there but um yeah it also allows the public to recover damages when um the officer has unreasonably violated their constitutional or federal rights so if they fail the the litmus test for qualified immunity then the person can get compensation for it so basically a judge who is you know they all work in the same building judges police officers mm-hmm. DAs, they're all besties they eat lunch together but <laughs> judge has to tell has to determine that a police officer used their force knowingly to violate this person's rights right and as you can see, 99% mm-hmm. of judges don't find that that's true. Right. So they want to limit basically the potency of qualified immunity when right. it comes to private civil action. Right. Um, and then the last thing, they just authorize the Justice Department to issue subpoenas and put um, and, and start investigations into police departments that have a pattern of discrimination. And on that same note, why is it that police officers can turn off their body cameras? Never understood it. Never, ever understood why that was a thing that kind of defeats the entire the purpose The entire of body purpose I don't body have cams. any idea why they can turn it off. Like, Makes what is sense. going on, you know? The amount of times I've seen a story say, and his body camera was off. I'm like, What? And we're okay. So he needs that? to be I, fired, right? I, he's fired. He broke protocol. His body camera shouldn't be off when he's on patrol. So that should be an automatic to be firing to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why yeah. are you turning it off? It should be you. Be, you should be fired. It should be on. It's on. I don't care if you got to pee. Ain't nobody looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> I need to see what you do when you get out the bathroom. You know. Too. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. But so that's just something that Congress has put through. And this is just the House, right? They've just made this and mm-hmm. nothing else has passed Senate um, to go with it. But look, I was going to ask, what do you think about this? I think that this is a political move more than anything that's going to be helpful to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the way that they went about doing it kind of proves that. Right. You know, because you remember those pictures of Nancy Pelosi coming out with the Kenta cloth mask and oh, kneeling in front of the. Please don't remind me. Please don't. That was them <laughs> announcing this justice bill. Oh, I see. And so I just feel like the whole thing was just a show and it was not effective. And this bill is going, is, is doing the bare minimum. Right. Of shit that should already been done. Exactly. You know. But some people believe legislation is the only way. And I don't agree with that. Like I said before, you need everything. You need all mm-hmm. of the factors. Mm-hmm. Um, you need a little bit of everything to kind of make it work. Um, because, uh, yeah, because otherwise, you know, just protesting is going to get, like I said before, it's going to get the white people in the suburbs scared. Right. Um, just legislating is hard because the system is corrupt and it's built against us. So, mm-hmm. you know, and like the last one I'm going to bring up, just voting, it's not going to work. Yeah. Because we have 
like I said before, that we have so many systems already built up against us in this voting system that we need to pair voting with actual action to put the people that we need in those positions to be voted for. Thank you for bringing that up because I brought that up in a family yeah. discussion and I was like, yeah. just voting by itself is not going to move the needle far enough. No. That, that's my honest opinion. It's not. Because they've been suppressing our vote for so long mm -hmm. that they're professionals at it. Exactly. Right? So anything that we do through just voting is going to have an asterisk by it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I agree. I completely agree 100%. Yeah. So. so, but that's not to say, of course, that voting is not an important part because it is key. Right. It's key. It's key, but we have to make sure that we're voting in our own interest right and, and putting people up there that are in our own interest um right. because you got to listen to the way that black people are talked about in the political conversation now mm -hmm. um, we are the driving force of the voter turnout mm -hmm. if black people turn out and vote whoever they vote for is going to win period yep but if black people don't turn out which we are oft too quick to do mm-hmm then we will lose and our interests will be voted against being a part of the system that is against you seems very counterproductive and i understand that mm -hmm. um but in order to change that system which it has to be done mm -hmm. we have to change it there is no other option and like i said just protesting just rioting isn't going to change it right so we've got to we've got to use their avenues against them exactly Exactly. 100%. I yeah. agree. So just a couple of voter registration things. Um, and we'll talk more about this coming up. And we have done a full detailed conversation about voting, political, political, um, just a couple episodes ago. So you can go back and listen to that to get more details. But election day nationwide is November 3rd. Mm -hmm. But this year, a lot of states will be opening their early voting earlier. Now, of course, Texas is not one of them. Our early voting is just... Of course it's it is not. what it is. Of course um, it's and not. And they also have not opened up absentee balloting to everyone, absentee uh, ballots yeah. to everyone in Texas either. Yeah. Um, so early, vo early voting, if you can't get an absentee ballot, is the way to go um, in order to stay safe. Um, the polls are going to be crazy mm -hmm. because Republicans are doing everything that they can to close as many polling stations as possible. Yep. All over the country, even in blue states. So please be aware that on the day of, on November 3rd, you're going to be waiting in line for three, four, five, six hours, yeah. um, depending on where you live, right? If you're in a more rural area, it might be even more. Mm -hmm. um, so be prepared, be dedicated, bring snacks if that's what you decide to do, but you don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Don't mm -hmm. so anybody think that they have to be up there with, you know, a hundred other people just skirting by with a mask and gloves on really you have options. Yeah. Um, a lot of states do allow absentee voting like California. Um, pretty much anybody that requests one and has a reasonable excuse, which coronavirus is a reasonable excuse mm -hmm. um, in California will receive an absentee ballot. And I know I've done it before. Um, I voted for Hillary Clinton in 2016 with an absentee ballot mm -hmm. in California. So very cool. You, you definitely can't, I guess, but you definitely <laughs> can get an absentee ballot in California. 
If you go to Vote Save America or Vote411.com, you can look up your local your local rules about um, voter ID, early voting, absentee voting, registration times and stuff like that. But generally, everybody across the 50 states have to register within 30 days before the election. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's before, um, but generally it's like 30 days before you have to register. Um, and so that date I- is coming up. Yeah, so, so October 1st generally is when everybody's going to want to get registered. So at the beginning right. of October, make sure that you register and that your address is right. Yes. Right? If you had an address changed from this year to last, well, this since 2018 or whenever you last voted to now, make sure that you include that information. I would also add in another note that, which this is also another conversation in itself, gerrymandering. Um, how they divide the districts. But what I'm saying is, in the meantime, I would use gerrymandering to your benefit. Um, Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, I have seen a dramatic difference in the polling places in primarily, you know, richer, Mm non-Black neighborhoods versus Mm -hmm. our Black neighborhoods. If you can find something you know, in your county, they do it by county, right? Um, yeah, well, district, voting district, but yeah. If you can find something in fun. your district, which there usually is, which is why there's so many, especially in Texas, which is why there's yeah. so many Republicans here. Um, mm-hmm. If you can find a place that is outside of your neighborhood that you can go to, I would try as best as you can. Um, and yeah. I say that because I have done both going in my actual neighborhood where I had to wait eight hours, not eight hours, but a long, long time in the sun Mm -hmm. versus going to another area where they had water, fans, Mm. snacks. I mean, just completely like a 180 difference. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm letting you guys know that that is also something that could help in this voting session. Absolutely. Make yourself as comfortable as possible because you're probably going to be waiting. Mm -hmm. Um, So on election day, we probably will not have a nominee. I want everybody to remember that Mm -hmm. um, because of the coronavirus, the majority of people will be voting by mail. So it's going to take a few weeks for us to get the actual results. Yeah. Um, And in a a race that's probably going to be so close, that's kind of scary knowing that the Republicans are going to do everything in their power to try to steal it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so just be mindful, stay vigilant. You guys just please, please, please. When this uh, voting season comes up, well, it's here. We're less than six. Yeah, I'm about to say, but um, at the end of this voting season, just make sure that you've done your research, uh, local candidates as well. Make sure that you know who you're voting for, that you mm-hmm. believe in who you're voting for. Cause I think that's a lot of the time, the problem that black people have when it comes to voting is that the, the people that they have to choose from, they don't think they're for them. Right. Um, so do your research. There's somebody for you. Now, no candidate is perfect, right? Mm-hmm. There's never going to be somebody that checks all your boxes. Somebody is going to have done something terrible in their past one time, but you got to look forward, mm-hmm. you know, Mm-hmm. We have that's what we have to do together. We have to look forward together and and really just kind of work out where we want to be together. Perfectly said. Yeah. Oh, any hope for us, Brian? How are you feeling? Girl, I'm feeling 
so hopeful I could just die right now. That's good. That's I'm feeling hopeful too. I have definitely noticed a change in the rhetoric when it comes to black people. Obviously we yeah. have a long way to go. Yeah. But um I've noticed a change and I like it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And most of the people that are having this change were people who already had their hearts in the right place anyway. Right. Um, but right. you know what? We'll take what we can get. You know? Honestly. Because we're gonna need everybody right we need everybody every, we need white people to be a part of this movement right yeah. we need everybody that we can get um because like i said there's so many jobs there's yeah. so many things that we have to do we have to stay in their face and be loud and be you know wild and and mm -hmm. and scare them a little bit yeah but we also have to be smart we have to be uh, uh very uh knowledgeable about our rights and what we want and what could help Right. Um, so just read a lot, listen to podcasts. That's been that's been very helpful to me, <laughs> honestly, listening to podcasts like this one. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And definitely like guys, please research through viable sources. Reputable sources. Reputable please, sources. Please, guys. Do I mean I really hope we don't have to take it back. To a Dr. research Naming class on YouTube and is teach, not a you know, source. And teach you guys how to research the right places. Please, please, Didn't please, please. Did we I just, I just, I need to reiterate this because you know, Brian, you know when I called you the other day. <laughs> Lord, this girl <laughs> called me in stress. <laughs> it was like eleven at night, ten at night. Oh my gosh! Hey. Just guys, please. Please. please it's so important it's so There's, important and you gotta stay aware of all the ways if you want to be a weird conspiracy theorist about it like me you got to stay aware of all the ways they're trying to get you yes right? and misinformation is the number one way mm -hmm. that we are being destroyed right mm -hmm. now especially in the black community yes um, but even the poor white community look at them oh, they are yeah. shambles yep. right now yep. shambles they have elected someone that is the complete opposite of what they believe in and they don't know what to do yep and we are on the same track so we gotta make we've been doing it for years we've been electing people that have no business being in charge of us for years i literally had to explain to someone close to me black person um what bernie's medicare for all meant yeah the way that she saw it black person based on her research was that they were just trying to make us all pay a high price for one type of insurance and that was it i was like that's the opposite what that is the ex how did you get here <laughs> fox news <laughs> fox news led you here how tucker carlson led you here girl i just just you know guys please find the right information find the right sources um they're all there for you yeah and i get like not wanting to plug in the mainstream media yeah. like yeah. i get it i do i look i do get it i do i swear to god i do but they're not lying all the time yeah some of the stuff they have is just facts um, and yeah. you can find those facts in several different places, but just in different contexts. Yeah. So that's the thing that I've been kind of doing is looking at different 
kinds of websites, different kinds of journalists and stuff like that, that have different opinions, but they're talking about the same thing. And generally when something's true, the facts don't change. Exactly. Um, now, if there, if you're reading something and it's literally just a dude talking and he hasn't presented any facts, you're probably not on a reputable site. Right. Uh, if they're not quoting anybody or interviewing anybody or giving you sources, it's probably not reputable. Exactly. Um, so if they're telling you, oh, the FBI wiped my computer so I don't have the evidence anymore, probably not <laughs> reputable. Um, I will say if the men in black came and wiped his memory with that little flashy thing, probably not, not a reputable it's probably source. not reputable you know and right. i you know me and my boyfriend you know we studied journalism in college and we were just talking about this about the mainstream media trust me they have a lot of faults i don't doubt that at all okay yeah but what people don't understand is that they report the facts where they mess up is they misframe the facts yes yes that's the what they do. It. That's exactly the they framing put things of it in different lights. It's mm -hmm. incorrect, but the That's facts exactly. are correct. The, yeah. the framing yep. that they do is what causes us to think all of these outlandish things. Yeah, but the exactly. facts do not lie. So it's important to make sure that your news is coming from multiple sources. And I think that where those sources are is up to you, but just make sure that they're not all on the same page right. i found that that has been the most helpful thing i also follow a lot of journalists on twitter mm -hmm. and they give the news really kind of you know without any flair to it mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. because they're just independent journalists just trying to do their job mm -hmm. um reporting on the facts so that kind of stuff it, without a, a corporate agenda mm -hmm. okay i can see it that's totally fine and and like i said multiple sources is the key so if you can't find more than i say three that's usually my litmus test is three reputable facts about what the heck it is you're talking about or reading mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's probably not that's that's my test too like i gotta i gotta find like three good sources that all say mm -hmm. the same thing yeah mm -hmm. and if they're not saying the same thing then this is obviously not a true fact yeah <laughs> something something's it. weird about it yes uh -huh. yeah it's yeah. a great test love it yeah but if you're just falling into youtube rabbit holes for 12 hours a day and then telling people to wake up and do their research you need to look at yourself mm. i'm so glad you said that look <laughs> we're not gonna to name any names yourself. but i'm, I'm not so naming glad. any names but look at yourself in the mirror <laughs> and figure out why are you like this <laughs> oh, oh guys you you guys do not know the stories but this. there are people <laughs> who believe things that are just absolutely insane. And oh. there are people that believe things that are hard to disprove. Yeah. Because either they're so insane that it doesn't make sense that they believe them in the first place, <laughs> or it's just kind of like, I mean, yeah, that might be happening, but like, why? Mm -hmm. That type of stuff. Yep. Just stay, yes. just stay aware of misinformation. Be really, really careful about what you guys get into on the internet. Because people just be on there lying. Yeah. They just be lying. And y'all just eating it up. Yeah. Mm. Just because somebody on the internet says it doesn't mean that it's true. Even if, it, even if you believe it. Even if you believe it. Well, you know, and they also... I also was watching a documentary about um, misinformation um, and why 
we're in this misinformation era right now. And they said that it was all starting from technology. You know, back mm -hmm. in the day, the crazy conspiracy theorists were kind of talking on a mic in their basement and you could barely hear them and it was whatever, you know? And now mm -hmm. those same coast crazies, to coast yeah, and now those same <laughs> crazies are creating full-blown documentaries with high-quality mm -hmm. video and reenactments that seem so true. All of this stuff about QAnon, if you would just look at the stuff on YouTube they put together about QAnon. Oh, God. Oh, the most God. ridiculous right-wing thing I've ever seen in my life, and they are so serious about it. Yeah, conspiracy uh, thought has kind of taken over because mistrust of the government for reasons that we all know because our government has failed us at every turn. Right. Yeah, the mistrust of the government is at an all-time high. Mm -hmm. So... Yep. Say what you want, but our current president is, I would argue, is definitely the one that ignited the misinformation era that we are in today. It's always the been around. Movement, the birthers, the Tea yes. Party and that whole shit. It's always been around, but he made it okay. Yes, because and he literally went on, on a stage and was like, yeah, our, Mar our president's American. What if he wasn't? And then everybody was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. That's all people have to do now on the Internet is be like, OK, well, OK, but what if? Right. And then, boom, it starts a whole thing. And it's like whole thing. Look, we're yeah. off track. Right. But... This is a whole other episode, girl. <laughs> it's a whole other episode. But, but we're done with this one. You know, yeah. I think we uh -huh. kind of gave you guys a good background of what's yeah. been going on, kind of what the the tone has been this year yeah. and just how stressful but hopeful yeah. everything is. Very, very stressful. But yeah, very, like I said, lit a fire under a, a lot of butts. Yes. Um, but yeah. I, yeah, I definitely, this, Black people, just take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Because mm -hmm. it's been exhausting. Yes, exhausting to it's say the least. Exhausting ride, you know, losing heroes. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. you know, losing us, brothers, losing battles, sisters, battles in court. That Brianna Taylor shit is ridiculous. Can you believe that that band, that attorney general, spoke at the Republican National Convention? Yep. How Insane. disgusting! How dis it is disgusting. It How really is disgusting. So despicable. These people, the AGs are not political figures. And for him to be speaking at the Republican National, when he did, oh. Yeah. The, the state, I'm just, I'm uh, sick about this kind of stuff. So sick. Anyway, y'all, care for yourself. Yes. Care for other Black people. If you see some shit going down, just stop and, and look in. That's what I always do. Whenever I see a Black person getting pulled over or i just kind of linger mm -hmm. i just hang around look and see what's going on make sure that they know i'm there and i see them i see what they're doing but That's you know just, just, yeah. i was reading um dang i was reading i think it was a facebook post about a man who was a professor and he was on his way into his class mm -hmm. um, and he was stopped by the police and they were harassing him and he said his only piece of comfort during that was seeing another black woman 
on the other side of the street looking in on him, making sure that he was safe. So take care of each other, y'all. It can mean a lot. Even just being there, you know, with the interaction with the police, even if it's not violent yet, you don't know. We don't know. We just need to make sure that they know we're watching them. We know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, And we're not going to let them do it anymore and not get away with it. Yep. And, and, And get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's today's episode, y'all. That's today's I episode. Mean, I feel like it was a therapy session almost. Like, I feel like I got so much off my soul. Uh, you know, this is why I go every month. This is exactly why it helps, mm-hmm. you know. But yes, guys, that's it for this episode. Dear Me Podcast, make sure you follow us. Yeah, at- if you learned anything new, share it. Yeah. Um, share our social medias at Dear Me Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Yes, our personal uh, handles are also in the bios of both. Yeah, so mm-hmm. follow us there. Yeah, um, and yeah, share, tag us, share what you've learned, share some comments, whatever. We want to keep this conversation going. This is yeah, this we is definitely this is an ongoing conversation, right? Everybody needs to have, you know, some kind of say on. Mm-hmm how they are going to help with this right how we're going to move forward as a country exactly this racial justice issue that we're having exactly Um, so get involved in the conversation if you you don't like politics that's okay this isn't politics yeah it's a matter of life and death that's it so that's it it's cool talk about it get involved you know r.i.p to black mamba r.i.p to black panther and r.i.p to black people yeah All right, y'all. It's been real. Catch (laughs) y'all in the next episode. Bye. Bye.